Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hola socios, hola equipo. My name is Neil. I'm Liam. This is John Nurnberger from Kansas City, Missouri, USA. Murray Field near Brisbane in Queensland. Edinburgh. Barcelona. And I'm a socio. I'm a socio. I'm a socio of the big interview. Hi there, I'm Liam from Edinburgh and I'm a socio. Because not only do you get to hear the world's top players speaking about their time on and off the park, you also get to hear Graham try and slip in a reference about Aberdeen in every show. Keep up the good work, guys. Enjoy the World Cup. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big Interview at the World Cup. We are one semi-final down and we now know the identity of our first World Cup finalist. Tonight's match finished, France 1, Belgium nil point. It was every bit as close as that sounds, one set-piece goal, but of course this is the 2018 World Cup and one phenomenal team defensive effort did it for France. Graham, a fair result? Yeah, no, no beyond that, the, on the night the right team went through because they were better in every department. And what you can say really simply, and I'm, I'm so sorry to have to say that about you know, Roberto Martinez, Thierry Henry team, when they've been so interesting, they've made us entertained throughout. This was a game where, you know, in the World Cup semi-final, it was 11 against 9. Because whatever Roberto Martinez was trying to do, and I think, and I know you agree, that Didier Deschamps did him tactically in terms of the planning, in terms of the application of the planning, the strategy, if you want to call it that. But in all honesty... Neither Chadley nor Dembele turned up. Now, I was urging Roberto Martinez during the last match to, to make substitutions more quickly because the Brazil performance in the second half not only threatened to turn the game and bring it back towards the expected champions, but ran the legs off Belgium. So I've got no criticism for the idea that some freshness in terms of Dembele, who remember Pochettino about three months ago was saying, well, he's maybe the number one player in the world. He's got control like Maradona. Everybody who's played with Dembele says his technical ability is sublime. He's the hidden element in every team. That, okay, that's fine. That Some of those things may have a basis in truth. They may be a lot of exaggerated. But like it's so showed on him that he hasn't had enough football in this tournament because he was in, you know, he was in a different gear from just about everybody else around him except for Chadley who's had football, who scored the winner against Japan. But, you know, he seemed to... Maybe he put his contact lenses in the wrong eyes. Maybe his left boot was on his right foot. But Chadley, who I know from having talked to him at West Brom, Tony Pulis felt that Chadley could play in any position, that he's good enough to hold down any position, but he's fragile. Well, was this mentality tonight? I don't know. But he, do you remember... I've told you before that Gennaro Gattuso, Reno Gattuso, World Cup winner for Italy, the last time France were in the World Cup final, 12 years ago, 
He regularly gave interviews decrying his own ability and putting everything that he achieved down to effort. And he used to say, I've got triangular feet. I've got an oblong head. When I try to put, you know, my feet or my head on the ball, it goes anywhere. Well, that wasn't true, but you understood the little picture that Katusha was trying to tell about himself, that it was all about ferocity and desire. Well, Chadley had a game like that tonight where every touch seemed to me to be clumsy. and So I don't want to hammer him anymore. But then he didn't show the desire either. There wasn't a, a level of, there's no way I'm blowing this chance, even at right wing back. And therefore, when you play a, a France side that you and I have talked about saying their, their willingness to Rocky Marciano it with Argentina, punch and counterpunch, their ability to clamp down Uruguay, their message that we've got two more games, we're going all the way, this isn't good enough. All these things that we've seen in, in how they've been playing to get this far just clicked into place tonight and they did the same again. And Belgium didn't. They looked, one, as if they didn't understand that Didier Deschamps, of all coaches, who carries a reputation for coaching the way that he played, which is to be able to make the other team much less comfortable, to be able to make the other team much less effective, to carry a platform whereby around him the great players, whether it was Zidane or Trezeguet or uh, Vieira or Titi Henry at, at international level, could be released by his hard work. Well, the team embodied Deschamps again, you know, t tonight, because these elements took them as far as the Euro final two years ago, such that they went, well, we see how Belgium play. You know, we've seen your pants. And we're never going to let you show your pants. We're going to be tight in our ranks um, horizontally. We're going to vertically, we're going to squeeze like a tight accordion. We're not going to let you find Lukaku. We're not going to let Lukaku have space to run into. We're going to ask... They took Lukaku off the board. Well, Lukaku... Until, you know, having spoken so kindly about him so far and deliberately, do you know what I liked about his performance... He was he was nowhere. He looked like um, some sort of, of mice and men in the first half, didn't he? It, 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 he was bigger than everybody, but he wasn't as smart as everybody. And the ball wasn't coming to him. When it did, it wasn't right. When it did, he didn't have space. There was never room for him to turn and run. But second half, when Belgium finally squeezed up high, because they were losing 1-0, and there was little layoffs and touches and runs, he played his part. If the coach had said, OK, here's how France are going to play it, or look, after 15 minutes, here's how France are playing it, clearly they've still got to worry about the breakaway pace of Kante down the middle, Pogba at a different pace, and the release ball to Griezmann or Mbappe. Yeah, but they, they didn't think quickly enough. One, the Chadley experiment isn't working. Two, the Dembele experiment isn't working. Three, how do we make Lukaku useful if he's got no room to turn and run? If he's not coming from deep, well, one, withdraw him. Maybe withdraw him and put Kevin De Bruyne up there and ask France a different question. If you keep Lukaku pegged up with Umtiti and Varane right up his backside, then maybe say to De Bruyne, you're playing as 10, we're going to play 4-4-1-1, we're going to alter our structure. <clears throat> These are speculative ideas, but they didn't happen. Neil, that's my problem about the, what we've seen tonight is a very good team playing... At eight and a half, nearly nine out of ten of its abilities, and Belgium not understanding why they weren't competing. Yeah, there was a lot of really interesting stuff going on, um, but 
the base of it all did seem to be that Deschamps did Martinez, that they took Lukaku off the board with the way they set up. And if Lukaku is then restricted in operating inside the opposition penalty box, which is kind of how it turned out, he found himself up against Superman at the heart of the France defence. I mean, I don't know if I've seen Rafa Varane have a game like that. He used to under Jose Mourinho. This is the such a strange tale about a guy who... Manchester United were about to sign Martin Ferguson, tells me that Alec Ferguson was about to hop in a private plane and fly to the north of France until Zidane snapped his fingers. It was Zidane talking to Varane. Wow. At this stage, Zidane was director of football at Real Madrid, not coach. And he went, come on, son, this is the place for you. And it happened. And Varane at first, um, when he joined, looked like a gazelle and able to intercept and, and to shepherd, to take a player away from goal into an area where suddenly Varane could sprint. If the player was trying to run past him, Varane would go on, would offer him, go on, go on, you're wide now. Look, there's a bit of space down the wing. Off the player would go, bang, Varane would supercharge. But under Jose Mourinho, what initially he added to the player was an arrogance, a, a belief that he was the best central defender in the world. And there were times in the title win under Mourinho, because that's what I'm talking about, when Varane looked as if he thought, you know, you could put six forwards against me, allow the other team to have, I don't know, 15 players. <laughs> Fine for me. C'est pas rien. And after that, for whatever reason, Varane hasn't, hasn't simply been a victim of pools and tears and Robin-esque style luck with injuries. Gareth Bale style luck with injuries. Luck is a, is a bad word I've chosen there. But the, the sprains and the pools and the tears and the eight games on, four games off has been a recurring theme. But that isn't all. Maybe those are the things that have taken his warrior mentality, his complete assurance away from him. But since Mourinho left, Varane's form has been intermittent where there are times when do you know what do you know the first thing I was ever told about Rio Ferdinand when he was breaking through at West Ham and when the big big fee initially was paid to him first by Leeds and then by Manchester United everybody who'd known him since he was a kid was said that he's so good that sometimes he just dozes off and thinks that because at his best he can he can create a little um sachet of space all around him, left, right, in front and behind, because of his movement, because he's touching the ball with his head up. Occasionally he dozes off. Now, Varane does that too. But take your point that in terms of single best performances, it goes so far back that, um, that since the season when Mourinho had him as probably number one centre-back in the world, that is as good as as I've seen, and where I'll adore him is that he, he felt in the zone that if he put his head to something hazard shot, the where the, the header could easily deflect in, or that tackle on the edge of the box once, and I go when back. he comes out. Well, Lukaku's layoff mm-hmm. to um, Hazard on the run. It's Hazard. Yeah. Beautiful. I mean, it's Hazard's run, layoff, a touch, a little punt ball to Lukaku's feet. And he just holds himself and just, I mean, it was a little bit like the setup 
for the Russian goal um, that Cherishev. The layoff is shorter, but it's perfect. It's like a billiard shot. Do you know what I mean? Cushioned and lovely and perfect. And Varane's tackle, it, it includes a huge amount of risk because yeah. you give away a foul there, you're automatically being booked. It's a hugely dangerous situation to offer De Bruyne and Hazard, and he's perfect, literally perfect. So exciting, man. Yeah, he was, I think, an easy call for man of the match, but... Easy-ish, easy-ish. I'm not going to speak for a long time, but he's got a competitor in Mbappe. Okay, yeah. Mbappe wins the highlights reel. He wins the moments. But for me, Varane was man of the match. But the the reason that a game plan like Deschamps can work, in my opinion, is buy-in. I mean, you could see right from the off that all 11 of those guys bought in. I mean, from Griezmann, who led the press really well, I thought, you know, they were deep and they were deep. And then Griezmann decided when they went... All the way down from him, you know, they were all behind it. Pogba, so disciplined, picking up Fellaini, um, you know, in the danger zones. There, there were no chinks. Yeah, look, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sidestep that one and I'm going to say Get that at the absolute epicentre of what you're saying, and I don't mean to reduce it from 10 to 2, because I totally agree with you. And, and also, it's patently clear that they've been playing that way for four years now. To, to greater or lesser harvests of praise and achievement in that, frankly, they, they not, not just on reputation, they should have won the European Championship. They were by far the better side on the night and they, they couldn't break through. Griezmann had one of his only bad games of a tournament where I think he scored six or seven times in the Euros. And yet, at the epicentre of that, we both agree, was the way in which... Kante and Pogba seem to be not conjoined at the hip, but but in a harness that gave them about 15 metres of movement from one another, but they were always in line. They were, whether it was a a vertical, horizontal or diagonal line, they were always attached and they played as a tandem. Whether one was attacking, the other one was reading, whether it was one was winning and the other one was available to be distributed to. And when they had Matuidi able to either be an attack dog as their emissary of defence, saying, I'm going to go and make the first challenge so that you two can be in behind. If somebody comes back past me, it's scrappy possession, you'll be able to pick it off. Or equally, he was able to, if the ball had never come near him, and the, and the Pogba-Kante uh, axis was winning it, he was ready to run off it and, and offer for the ball. It was, you know, it was a really, really inspirational manner of managing midfield. And when intermittently they were up against De Bruyne and Hazard, they, they were tested, they were stretched. But Fellaini, you know, for all, this has been a terrific tournament for him. Again, I... I I maybe sound miserly or or um, Albert Steptoe about this, but when Fellaini dominated against Brazil, it was because there was a giant gap and no Casemiro. Now that didn't make Fellaini Franz Beckenbauer, and therefore if Fellaini had a place tonight, it was probably up front next to Lukaku, so that Belgium could go. Well, you close down all you want. You try winning the ball all night against Fellaini. See how you like that. See if you're able to. De Bruyne and Hazard pick up the scraps. Did Belgium see that? No. His other place was on the bench 
where Belgium are holding and competing and contesting the midfield and saying, we're a match for anything you do, because Fellaini technically is not, and Dembele proved not to be at the races. That's enormous, enormous vacuum that you allow Kante and Pogba and Matuidi to step into. And therefore, there are any number of ways to, to spin the kaleidoscope before the match. If you sit down and you don't just look at the video of how France play, but you imagine, and, and probably at this level, you know what Deschamps is going to do. You know, what, what do they always have in, little, in crime books? The hero has always previously arrested a, a lockpick or has a friend who's got skeleton keys and therefore it's easy to... Well, where between Thierry Henry and Roberto Martinez, where were the skeleton keys where they went, all right, I know how this is going to be locked up, but we also know how we're going to sneak in. That, that made me think that this was a semi-final whereby justifiably, um, by a distance, the right team went through. But were they tested in a way that I'd have liked to see them tested? Did we get the number of goals or the number of thrills in the second half that we merited? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. Great. Quick break, and then we'll be back to talk about what happened when both teams attacked. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. And we're back. Graham, we are recording this immediately after the final whistle. Have you seen any reactions to the game yet? Yeah, there have been. There's been oodles because, you know, in a, in a moment like this, when you haven't achieved the, the Holy Grail, but you're a step closer. Kylian Mbappe, who, you know, has got the, the Golden Boy Award wrapped up and, and by my left foot is edging towards... Has there ever been a golden ball, golden boy winner? Maybe back in the day, Pelé, when the awards didn't exist. 
1958, let's say. But at any rate, um, Kylian Mbappe said tonight, immediately after the game, this is completely unimaginable. It's a lifetime dream. It's something that um, will live with me uh, for my entire future. I don't have any better words than that. Even in my absolute greatest dreams, I've never, and I am a great dreamer, I've never imagined that I will be part of a team that takes France to the World Cup final. But there's one stage left. You know, we we want to embrace all of France who've been with us, behind us. And now it's about the collective. We've done this as an 11, as a team. I've done as much as I possibly could to help the team individually. And that's all that matters, that we are there together. I don't have any thoughts about the Ballon d'Or or the Golden Ball. All I want now is to win the World Cup. Fair words. Words that represent this performance. Neil, no? I think so. I mean, I know you are very fond of quoting song lyrics. You mentioned the golden ball there, but in the words of Sean Ryder, he had balls bigger than King Kong in terms of his performance tonight. I mean, a teenager still, every time he got that ball, you could just see he did not have any fear, no care in the world and all the confidence you could wish for. Yeah, it's a thrill, isn't it? I mean, I think that you know, I go back to what um, John Collins said to us, what was it, nearly two years ago, that this guy is special. That there's a kid at Monaco who, albeit that he's Parisian, has been there for, at that stage, Neil, it was maybe two and a half, three seasons just. And he said, everybody who I know at the club tells me that he's better at this stage than Thierry Henry was. Now, Thierry Henry went on to win the Champions League, play in another Champions League final, be defeated to play in a World Cup final. I think he was France's leading scorer in 98 when they won. He was magnificent winning the European Championship. I think he overtook, in fact, he did overtake Ian Wright as Arsenal's all-time leading scorer. He's had an unbelievable career and he's a man of, you know, exceptional grace and football intelligence. Now, what John didn't say to us, he's going to go on and always be better than he'll eclipse Henri in every aspect. But flipping heck, I remember I was at that um, World Cup in 98 working it. Now, I don't remember Titi Henri's exact age, but I think he was older than Mbappe and he was a sub. You know, he was coming on as and where. He didn't displace Stefan Givarch for the final. This is Mbappe, who is a guaranteed starter in this tournament, has increasingly shown exactly what you've talked about uh, a joie de vivre about, like, if I'm on the ball, I'm there to do something special with it. I've got the skills, I've got the imagination, and I've got the pace to do that. And largely, he also did his job. I thought that, you know, I loved your expression about Griezmann picking people off. And Griezmann, although he's provided the assist again, you know, his second assist in two games for Umtiti's absolutely unbelievable error. If you stand Umtiti and Fellaini together irrespective of the hair bear bunch, um, there's a gigantic difference in stature. And okay, OMTT gets a run, but it's a phenomenal header. It's a phenomenal leap, brilliant direction. You see the, the turn of the head and the neck muscles. There's a real absolute knowledge of what he's there for. is isn't get my head on it. That's, that ball is directed home. It's a fabulous goal. And given how Courtois played all night, it's taken something at point-blank range where Umtiti does everything perfectly to score. But Griezmann's role in terms of 
making sure that nobody had an easy night on the ball for Belgium was very, very good. But Mbappe, 90% of the time, except for late on where he gets caught in possession or tries a trick too much, for a 19-year-old to understand what he's supposed to be doing when he's taking the ball up the pitch at a stage where, you know, France are saying, you know, we've been closing this game off for 25 minutes and if nobody does anything stupid, we're home. We're, they, they, their feeling as a group was, you know, we're in Moscow from about five minutes after the goal went in, I think. And that's how they played. That's how they acted. I still say, you know, I, I sent a text to you a long time before we saw Mertens and, and Carrasco. That those were the two that we absolutely needed to see. Mertens made a difference. Belgium were immediately better with De Bruyne and Hazard running at them through the middle and no Dembele on the pitch. It just, it all should have happened. France's ability to look so regal and to look as if they absolutely merit um, their place in the final should have been tested by more blows to the chin as far as I'm concerned. I guess it's hard to give up on the game plan that you've spent, you know, four or five days building up. I guess that must be hard, but I, I completely agree with you. I think it was... For the neutral observer, it was it was kind of obvious that something had to change. A couple of quick stop-offs before we say good evening, good night, bon nuit. I mean, you mentioned Courtois there. He's had a big tournament and he had a big night. I mean, it, it, although the match was close in the ebb and flow, it could have been a, it could have been over earlier had it not been for the Chelsea goalkeeper. No, fantastic. I thought again, very motivated, re-emphasizing that on his day, he has got an argument easily with Ter Stegen or De Gea or Ederson, whoever you really want to name, or Black. It's, it's a golden age, I think, for elite goalkeepers. And it, it has always troubled me that there's never been a golden ball winner um, as a goalkeeper since Lev Yashin, who neither of us are old enough to have seen. I, I certainly grew up knowing of him as one of the most incredible footballers of all time. And yet... Since him, there have been, I don't know whether you want to talk about Banks or Shilton or certainly uh, Buffon for my taste, Casillas, you know, not a sniff. And it won't happen this time, you know, it, it, it isn't going to be the case. But I do think that what it highlights, given that most people will say that tonight Joris was as good as Courtois. I don't think Joris gets named time and again in that top group of four or five as being the number one in the world, unless you're a... There, there, you know, there are some dedicated Spurs fans who I've heard making the case. But boy, Courtois' authority, sharpness, saves, particularly the one-on-one against Pavard. I, but time and again, again, it was like a Rocky Marciano. Joris and um, Courtois saying, whatever you can do, I can do better. So, you know, I, I just celebrate the, the fact that we're beginning as a football-appreciating public, to think differently of goalkeepers, to talk about them in a more educated way, that goalkeeping coaches and ex-goalkeepers like David Priest are, are educating us about their virtues. We're, rather than throwing pub opinions at them, we're all far more educated. And what we're seeing in, you know, I'll name them again, De Gea, Ter Stegen, Oblak, Courtois, Ederson, maybe Alisson, Neuer on his way out, but we are seeing a literally extraordinary type. Kayla Navas, who might not be as complete as some of those, but whose gymnastic brilliance and one-on-one brilliance has 
won him three Champions League medals in a row. We, we live in an extraordinary time for goalkeepers, Neil, I, I'd argue. We do. What a great place to end. Um, we have interviewed one goalkeeper in the big interview. I would urge you listeners, if you haven't already listened to Craig Gordon, to check that one out on the backlist. And, you know, this is the second or third time you've mentioned David Priest, the former goalkeeper, now a fantastic sort of goalkeeper-centric journalist. I think we should have a little look at Mr. Priest for, uh, for the new season of the big interview. But for now... This has been a fantastic World Cup and this was another fantastic evening of action. I can't wait for tomorrow night. We'll be back on the final whistle to tell you all about England versus Croatia. But for now, good evening. Bon nuit, monsieur and dear. Yeah, the, the, the song two years ago was Don't Take Me Home. The song right now, and I don't have the Russian for it, is Please Don't Let This World Cup Ever End. Okay, that's our show. Thanks for staying with us all summer long. And remember, you can support us in a number of ways. Please do Leave us a review on iTunes. It makes a big, big difference to the visibility of our show. And if you're the shaving kind, you can get £4 off your razors if you go to trygillette.com forward slash big interview. I really hope you're enjoying these World Cup shows. We've got huge plans for next season, but we do need your help to make them happen. Go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now to become a socio, a member to join us, to support us. You'll get an extra big interview every month, plus lots of other bonus content. Last season, our members got nine exclusive big interviews, including Rafa van der Vaart, Troy Dini, and Roberto Di Matteo. So go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. Do it now, please. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.